You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week. We hope it's draft week. It seems like it's taking forever. Now it's like, are we really ready for it? Okay. Uh, We're recording here on Tuesday. Hopefully you'll hear this on Wednesday. Yes, Alex and I are going on the clock in real time. The pros like us mock draft. Yes, that's right, folks. It's coming to you. So Alex, here we go. Number one pick. Obviously, a lot of chatter out there. I mean, as we get closer to the draft, more and more people are telling their lies and blowing more smoke. But I wouldn't put it past Jacksonville to take Equanu at the top of this draft. Doug Peterson, you know, with the Eagles, they had the, the an elite offensive line. I'm sure that's what he believes in. You know, being there with Roseman, winning the Super Bowl, the whole thing. It wouldn't shock me if Iquanu was was the number one pick. Now, again, we can talk about who we would take, and we will in a second, but it's not going to surprise me if they go with a big offensive lineman, even though they franchised Cam Robinson. Granted, one-year deal, that's it. They'll revisit next year, but uh, don't be surprised. That's nuts, Lou. And if the Jaguars go in that direction, they're nuts as well, because... They got Cam Robinson back. They have Juwan Taylor at right tackle, who's supposed to be their starter on that right side. We talked about it last week that they drafted Walker Little in the second round, and he's probably the tackle of the future. So are they drafting Aquano so he can slide to guard? Are you taking a number one overall pick so Aquano can play guard, and then eventually in 2023, maybe takes over at right tackle or left tackle? Nuts, nuts, nuts. But I wouldn't put it past Balky because he is nuts. And I've seen him spoil a number of draft picks in the past with the 49ers. And, you know, the odds-on favorite right now in Vegas, supposedly, is Trayvon Walker from Georgia. So a lot of people are buying your story that you started last week where you said, hey, Balky might try to give it a, another swing for the home run. He missed with Alden Smith. He passed on J.J. Watt, but he's willing to do it again with the super athletic, you know, bulldog out of the SEC. Well, I don't know that he really missed with Alden Smith. I mean, obviously, I mean, he set the record his first two years most sacks ever. I think that was more of a character issue. Now, I, again, I don't know any of that stuff. You know, how if there was signs that Alden Smith had had these character issues or there was something going on in his head that they weren't going to be able to control. Appreciate you giving me the uh, the kudos for starting. I don't think I started it, but it is it is something that you could look and you know you start connecting the dots and you look at the GM who's at the top. What do they like to do? And you can say, hey, you know, Trayvon Walker blows up the combine, the whole thing. So yeah, he is the betting favorite. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's going to end up being Hutchinson. I'm just saying, don't be surprised. Again, if if somehow some way Doug Peterson has a little bit more say than Balky, and maybe it's a power struggle. Who knows? It's it's kind of a weird situation down there. Wouldn't shock me. Even Evan Neal at this point. Why, why not? Let's throw in the top two offensive linemen, uh, top two edge rushers, and uh, those are probably the four guys they're looking at. 
All right, let's start with our well, first Well, more round. importantly, who are you looking at at number one, Alex? Come on, man. The question is, who are the Jaguars actually going to draft? Are you going to select who you think they should take, or are you going to select you think they're going to take? So the purpose of this exercise is to have the team select the player that they will eventually select during the draft weekend. Not the player that I think they should draft. So I'm trying to get inside the head, inside the Jaguars. This would, this would go often. so much more entertaining if we went by what you thought they should take. <laughs> but I still think that when you have these rumors that come out a couple of days before the draft, that this is a smokescreen. A lot of smoke, the, sure. That the Jaguars have already made up their mind who they're going to draft, and they're trying to entice the Lions to possibly trade up to number one and take Trayvon Walker. I don't think the Jaguars are taking Walker. I don't think the Jaguars are taking offensive tackle or offensive lineman. I think they're going with the Michigan Wolverine at number one overall, Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's a high floor type of edge rusher who I think most teams dream of. Uh, He has very good size. He has good athletic traits. He knows how to use his hands. He's pretty explosive. He's got great strength. I think he's the closest thing to what I've seen in terms of when Joey Bosa came out and when J.J. Watt came out. And J.J. Watt was still kind of a, a project at that point. I mean, he was still kind of a guy with the upside. And that's the reason why I'm comparing Hutchinson to J.J. Watt, because I think he still has the upside to become one of the top players on this draft. So the Jaguars at number one will select Aiden Hutchinson. Okay, so the one thing that you notice here, if you're looking at the teams at the top is there's not a huge track record with the GMs, right? I mean, you got Holmes in Detroit, Casario in Houston. Got a little bit of a track record with Douglas in New York. You got Shane and for the Giants, brand new. Fitterer has been around for a while, but not, you know, forever. Fontenot with Atlanta. But then, of course, you got Schneider with with Seahawks. But again, it's hard to kind of get a read. Okay, this is what they like to do, a la Trent Baalke here, and see what what he's up to. And that's why I still think that uh, Walker is going to be the number one pick. But uh, and number two, Lions here. I'm I'm kind of struggling here between Walker and, and Thibodeau. This is what I'm looking. My thought is as far as Detroit is concerned. Yeah, he doesn't actually look like a line. Now they took Sewell. Home run from Oregon, same program. So I'm sure they've got a little bit of an insight into the kid as much as anybody else can, and maybe a little bit more because, you know, one of his buddies is on the team. Is he a Detroit Lion? What is a Detroit Lion now? You think tough, you know, so forth, all these other uh, adjectives thrown out there. So I'm going to give him Trevon Walker at this point. But again, Thibodeau is certainly in the discussion here. But let's go and give him Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. Let's go. I'm on the clock. I've got the Houston Texans at number three. And the Texans, once again, they've got a number of positions that they can address. I mean, offensive lineman, that's a right tackle. An edge player, they also need that. A feared edge rusher, they also need a cornerback. So there are a number of guys that fall into this category. And there are a number of ways that they can surprise people and go in. It could be Thibodeau. It could be Stingley. It could be Sauce Gardner. But I'm going to go with an offensive lineman here. I think there are a number of guys here that they could go with that fit that description, that can line up at right tackle, like Evan Neal or Aquano. 
But I'm going to go with the NC State product. Iquano here. I think he's going to play right tackle. You know, he is a very physical offensive lineman. He's a very good run blocker. And in today's NFL, I've always said this, you need a blindside protector and you also need a very good right tackle. So they're going to go with with an offensive lineman here at number three. So this kind of opens up really, really well for the Jets. They're wide open here. They, they're so, Again, I mean, these teams are at the top for a reason. They got a lot of holes, so a lot of different ways to go. So what, what flavor do you want? Do they go with one of the top offensive linemen, which, again, you know, you want to protect your young quarterback. You need certainly need an edge rusher. You got the corners sitting there. So... We'll roll the dice a little bit with the Jets here. Let's go with the edge rusher. Let's give them uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. I like the pick. I told you last week I would go offensive lineman here, but I like the pick in Thibodeau because the Jets don't have a, a feared pass rusher. And Carl Lawson went down with an injury last offseason. He didn't play. To have Thibodeau here, I think you need an impact player that can make some plays. Teams can fear and I think Thibodeau definitely gives you that that flavor. Even though Joe Douglas loves offensive linemen, he loves to draft offensive linemen. He does. I was I was torn. Evan Neal was was staring me in the face, but um, you know, again, I'm just thinking, you know, Thibodeau in New York. I think that's a match made in heaven. I think he's going to work out just fine for them. So the Giants at number five, and they have a new GM. They have a new head coach. They came from the Buffalo Bills. Everything kind of points in the direction. If you want Daniel Jones to succeed, you need to have a good offensive line, right? But I think they do have those offensive linemen. I think Andrew Thomas is their left tackle of the future. I think, you know, they have Matt Pert at right tackle. I think they'll stick with those guys, even though I hear that the Giants have been connected to maybe like a guy like Charles Cross from Mississippi State or possibly even Evan Neal, that they want to address that. They want... You know, Daniel Jones to feel protected so he doesn't continue to be this turnover machine that he's been during the first couple of years. But the Jets passed on a corner, and I think the Giants' secondary situation is a mess, especially a corner. I can't imagine James Bradbury staying with the team. So the Giants either go Stingley here from LSU or they go with Sauce, Ahmad Gardner. I'm going to give him Gardner. I think Gardner has the speed, the length. He's a very good press corner. He hasn't given up a, a single touchdown during his college career. He definitely, you know, is a physical guy. And remember, the Buffalo Bills are built based on their secondary. That's just the way that, you know, they were constructed under that management. And once again, the guys that came from the Buffalo Bills, they kind of know what works and what doesn't. So I assume that they're going to address the secondary early and they're going to take the best corner on the board. So I'm going to go with Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati here. One of the New York teams has to take him. I don't know if anybody else has. I'm sure it's been out there, but this is certainly Big Apple Sauce. Mark it down. Okay, so at six, I'm sure the conventional wisdom here is that Carolina's going to go quarterback. All they have is Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker, perhaps. Who knows? Um, you're sitting there, Pickett, Willis, 
is it really worth the six pick? I'm sure they want to trade out of there, but for the purposes of this exercise, we're not going to do that because then we'd be here for several hours. So I'm going to get a little nutty here, and I think they are going to go with the Alabama O-lineman, Evan Neal. Okay. Do you think he can play left tackle for them? I think he can play wherever they need him to play. All on the line. Maybe not center, but I think he can play wherever they need him to play. Put the best five out there. He's probably their best guy you know, right off the top. So put him at left, put him at right, whatever. So the Giants are once again on the clock at seven. I passed on an offensive lineman with the fifth overall pick to take Gardner. I'm going to go with an offensive lineman here. I think there's going to be a run on offensive linemen in the top ten. I realize what I said, that you know, you've got Andrew Thomas at left tackle, and he played better in year two. I think Charles Cross out of Mississippi State is a better left tackle. He's got light feet. He's a very good pass protector. I think you plug him in at left tackle. You move Andrew Thomas to right tackle. And I think you've got the bookends to protect Daniel Jones. So I'm going to go with an offensive tackle out of Mississippi State, Charles Cross, at number seven for the New York Giants. Okay, Falcons, is this where the quarterback goes? I kind of doubt it at this point. I think what's going to happen with these quarterbacks is they're going to slot in where most people thought they were a little bit lower in the draft. Nobody's really sold on any of them at this point. So I don't think they're going to go quarterback here. Edge rusher has been a huge, huge void for the Falcons. Again, their team is decimated. They need wide receivers. They need everything. But if you're looking at value at this point, if you really like the guy, he's from the area. Let's give him Jermaine Johnson the second from Florida State. Edge rusher. We'll wait till the second round to hit these other needs. It's a tough one here because it's the Seahawks. Conventional wisdom says that they need to address their offensive line. But the Kuano is gone. Evan Neal is gone. Charles Cross is gone. And they don't have a quarterback, but I don't think the Seahawks are going quarterback in the top 10. I just can't envision that. This is also a spot for them to trade down. They don't need a wide receiver. I'm just walking through my logical wisdom here, what the Seahawks need. I think you've hit every position. (laughs) But, you know, every position doesn't have this value. I'm going to throw a little bit of a surprise for you. They're realizing that they're in a rebuild mode. And the Jets are sitting there at 10, and they're hoping this corner falls to them. But I'm not going to let them have it. So, Derek Stanley Jr. out of LSU, he proved during the pro day that he's got the athleticism. You know, he's got the speed. He's got that shutdown ability. This would be a very good fit to the Seattle Seahawks here. Yeah, his his best year was as a freshman, but we've seen it before. I mean, I I think this kid is going to outplay his position, and I think he's going to turn out to be a good player. So the Seahawks take a corner out of LSU. Okay, Jets fans, ready to rock and roll here. Probably pissed you off with the number four pick, but I think you'd be all right with Thibodeau. All right, let's go. Here's where I think where the wide receivers start to fall. I mean, is it Wilson? Is it London? Uh, I would say either one of those two. Maybe Jamison Williams, not really sure. But I think just as a, a bigger guy, tough guy, let's go ahead with Drake London here at number 10 for the Jets. All right, that's that's a good pick. That would have been my pick if I would have done this. I think if you want Zach Wilson to succeed, 
you need to give them a big body. Those wide receivers that they have on the roster, I mean, they're just like, besides Corey Davis, they're just small. I think Drake London is going to be a, a favorite target for Zach Wilson, even during his rookie season. All right, the Washington Commanders now sitting at number 11. Like, I can't imagine, like, Washington taking a safety. With all the holes that they have on the roster, I just can't imagine. Even though, you know, Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame is a very good player. But I just don't think you take a safety this high. And I think you need other positions to address. So I think this is going to be a run on wide receivers here. Washington would also go with the wide out. And I'm going to go with uh, Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State wide receiver here. Garrett Wilson. Okay. All right. Like that pick. A lot of value there, I would think. And right now, I mean, the highest rated player on the board, at least the way I've got them written down. <laughs> Maybe it's not the highest rated, but one of the highest favorite players that I have here and I think would would certainly help this team out. I mean, anything on defense, although they do have an offensive head coach. I think they like their wide receivers. I don't know if they're going to jump in with both feet this high for a receiver. I would tend to think that they would go with defense here. Maybe a defensive tackle might be a little rich here, but you can't let him go. I You got Kyle Hamilton. He's slipped this far. I think this is it. Kyle Hamilton. We'll go with a Golden Domer safety uh, duo there with Harrison Smith. I love the pick. If I would have had the, the Vikings pick, that that's the direction that I think I would have gone. I mean, that just, it makes too much sense to me. A lot of value words. there. Yeah, I, like I would think. I was thinking for them, maybe if Stingley would have fallen, I probably would have gone that way. But uh, yeah, I think Hamilton at that spot is perfect. That would have been interesting because when I was doing research, uh, the secondary coach for the Vikings used to be a defensive coordinator at LSU, and he used to coach Stingley. Connecting the dots here, I don't think he would pass on him. But hey, you, you go with the fighting Irish safety and who has a lot of range. Patrick Peterson sitting there in with Minnesota too, so big brother. So yeah, that would have been that would have been good. Same colors, purple and yellow. Houston Texans, low. Houston Texans obviously chose uh Iquano at number three. So they filled the need with the right tackle. Now I think they can go in a number of directions here. He kind of took away, you know, the chance to draft Kyle Hamilton. That would have been a pretty good pick at that point. Um, we also don't have any corners. The Texans, they need an edge player too, like badly. <laughs> but there's no one here, like nobody worthy of this. It's like a trade back pick. I mean, for God's sake. All right. I'm going to pull a little bit of a surprise here. The Texans need explosive playmakers on their roster. And I think this pick would have been perfect for the Eagles at number 15. Like, ideal pick. But I think the Texans are thinking about the future. This isn't about 2022. And if this guy wouldn't have gotten injured, then he would have been the first wide receiver off the board. He definitely would have been a top 10 pick. So I'm going to go with an Alabama wide receiver, Jamison Williams, former Ohio State Buckeye. Like, you can't teach speed. He's a vertical threat. He's athletic. This is the pick here for the Texans. If you want any quarterback to be successful, you need to have a wide receiver that can stretch the field. So Williams is the pick here. 
I think you said something very interesting there, Alex, where you were saying, you know, a trade down. And I think this actually, you know, you might see some activity above here, but I certainly think this pick is going to be in huge play for the teams at the bottom that think maybe they need a wide receiver. Now, I don't know about the Packers because they have certain ways that they draft. I don't know that they're even going to take a wide receiver if one falls down at 22 and 28 just because they don't do that. All right. They haven't gone first round receiver since 2002, I think it was. Juwan Walker. Who wants to come up here for a receiver? Would it be the Chiefs? Would it be potentially Arizona? Maybe Dallas? New England would never do that, but they, you know, they can certainly use a receiver. So I think this is going to be an interesting thing. Or, you know, does does Green Bay then maybe change their spots a little bit and say, hey, we got to go for it here. We've got Aaron for maybe one season, maybe two at most. If they really like Jamison Williams or Alave or Burks or whoever's still left, that I think is going to be the action spot. So given all that smoke, if you would. At number 14, here's another team that you know kind of drafts in an image, sort of like the Steelers. You look at a guy, that's a Pittsburgh Steeler. I'm looking at Jordan Davis, and this guy is a Baltimore freaking Raven, and he's staring them in the face. They're not going to overthink it. If one of those offensive linemen would have fallen, given you know what's, what's up with Stanley and the, all these injuries defensive back maybe but Jordan Davis just screams to me I'm a Baltimore Raven so let's give him Jordan Davis I love that pick you know the Ravens always usually stay put and always get lucky and they always seem to take the best player available and they always seem to fill a need and they always seem to go with like mostly like with the defensive player that they think is is going to help their scheme so this is a guy that can definitely occupy double teams and... New defensive coordinator, right? The kid that went to Michigan now comes back to the Ravens as the new... You know, Wink is gone. Uh, he went to the Giants, I believe. So, yeah, but I still think a Raven is a Raven, so I'm sticking there. Yep. So the Eagles are on the clock. They are at number 15. They also have a pick at number 18 that Lou is going to have. Wide receiver... Makes sense. Cornerback is a possibility. Edge rusher is another possibility. I mean, where the hell are you going to go here? I mean, you know, usually they go like a defensive lineman or something like that. I mean, that's... Cox came back, but I, you know, how much longer is he going to play? You know, I would think that's that would be a good good way to go, but that's me. I have no idea, like, who they might go with here, to be honest with you. I mean, that's just like... There, there's certain like guys that I think are shouldn't go this high, but it almost like forces my hand in a way. All right, I'm gonna go another wide receiver, Lou. Even though I want to state this for a fact, I like this wide receiver, but you're I think pro, this is your pro. This this pick this is, is under protest. High, this is way too high. You know what I'm saying? Alex is protesting his own pick. Okay, you heard it here first. You can't pay for this stuff, folks. There's always a first. All right, I'm going to go with another Ohio State Buckeye, Chris Olave here, a smooth route runner, you know, that can play in the slot, can play outside. You can move them around. They always seem to be that that playmaker for the Buckeyes for the past couple of years. So 
Alave is the pick for the Eagles at 15. All right. So now we come to the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, they made the deal a few weeks ago to get rid of one of their uh, first-round picks this year with the Eagles. So you're thinking maybe wide receiver. They were probably thinking, well, maybe Olave falls to us, team up the two Ohio State boys you know, at their wide receivers, but that didn't work out. So again, maybe, maybe the Saints are ones that now, hey, maybe we need to jump Philadelphia and get up to that 13th pick. So again, just to reiterate, there's going to be some action on that 13th pick. Mark it down. I wish I could bet on that. I probably can, and I will. All right, so enough of that. Saints, where are we going with the Saints? You know, they could probably use a, a safety at this point. They brought in Marcus May. I think, you know, a lot of flux back there. So, you know, Lewis Seen, is he one that could come up this high? Probably not. I really like Daxton Hill because he can, you know, kind of a jack of all trades. You can use him. He comes in, I think, as your starting nickel at very least, but can, can play all over the field. There's a lot of value on the board. I'm a big Devin Lloyd fan, and I don't want him to fall to 21 <laughs> the Patriots because, again, just what you said about Baltimore will happen in New England. He'll fall right to them. That's where my value. I got a little bit of a dilemma here. This is my the first pick that I'm really wavering on. So I think I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to give him Devin Lloyd. Sideline to sideline, linebacker. You can always use those guys. Need them in coverage to cover the backs. Uh, you know, in the modern offenses. So I'm going to go Devin Lloyd here. All right. I'm glad that you had a dilemma. I already had a couple of those, but I'm glad that you you faced one based on what you have in front of you on your board. Well, I think I was really counting on Olave falling. That kind of messed me up there, and I had to rebound, you know, on the fly. You know, so, okay. All right. I actually would have went offensive line there at number 16, Lou, just because... Armstead, they moved off of them. I just think they were a couple of guys, especially yeah. one guy, I think, that could have played left tackle and would have been a good fit there. He's very athletic. He's very tall. He would have been a, a good pick for the Saints at 16. So I'm going to take him here at 17 for the L.A. Chargers just because they struck gold with the Rashawn Slater in last year's draft. They found their left tackle. I think they need to get a right tackle just to – protect their future investment in Justin Herbert, who is entering his third year. So I'm going to go with Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. He played left tackle for them. He's going to slide in and play right tackle here. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He needs to clean up his technique, but I think the, the Chargers go with another offensive tackle in the first round. All right, Philadelphia back on the clock, and I think this is where they get their guy. I think I'm going to go back to that UGA well, Uga, and we're going to go with Wyatt, the defensive tackle from the Dogs. And like I said, Cox is probably on his way out. They had to you know, restructure his contract, take a pay cut, I, I believe, to come back. So they'll rebuild that defensive line. Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle, UGA. He's got a very good first step. He's the best three technique in this entire draft. And I think there are a lot of teams in the 20s that were hoping that Wyatt was going to fall to them. But, hey, the Eagles usually go with the defensive lineman in the first round, especially with multiple picks there. All right, the Saints at number 19. Devin just, Lloyd was the first pick. Maybe you go back. Maybe now you go to the offensive line. A couple of guys I had my eye on for them for this pick. So, Yeah, I mean, you chose the linebacker out of Utah. 
they've got a couple of you know boys here sitting there. Strictly a value pick there for me. Strictly a value pick. You're almost like a, you know like telling me you know find an offensive lineman here. I don't have one, Lou. I don't have one on my board. That's the problem. I mean, old offensive linemen are like gone. I just don't see anybody that could play tackle. Like I wouldn't push very very high on on some of these guys. I don't think there's a ton of plug and play offensive tackles in this draft. I think they're all gone right now, the four guys that we have on the board. Maybe you look inside, but I don't know that that's a, you know, a huge need for them right now. Tyler Smith might be the offensive tackle that would be next to kind of Smith and Raymond uh would be the next two, but they might be a little bit lower. So again, you look at value. Where else can you plug in? And I'm thinking, uh, you know, maybe a corner. All right, I'm going to pass on a corner. I'm going to pass on the offensive lineman. This is the first curveball of the afternoon here, Lou, as we record on Tuesday. The Saints are looking at a quarterback. No quarterback has been selected, by the way. 18 picks in. All right, I'm going to surprise you here, just because the Saints are smart. They're one step ahead of their competition. You know, most people are probably thinking, oh, it's Pickett. No, it's not Pickett. Most people are like, oh, it's Malik Willis. You know, he gives you the dual threat. I'm going to say no. I think the Saints are going to go back to what worked for them in the past. And I think they know that they probably can groom this quarterback. He's not going to start as a rookie. Maybe this is a bit high for him. And I'm not saying that they will pull the trigger here at 19. But I'll take a quarterback for the Saints out of Old Miss. Matt Corral is going to be the first quarterback taken just because he's got the quick release. He's got that accuracy in the short, intermediate range. He's got a strong enough arm. I think he's more athletic than obviously Drew Brees that they had so much success with. You know, for 10 or 12 years, he was the face of the franchise. I think Sean Payton would approve of this move. So Colbert stays patient. They didn't panic. It's his last draft. He wants to leave the Steelers in good stead at quarterback. I don't know that this is the best year for the quarterbacks, but all of a sudden, one quarterback is gone. And I'm thinking it was the one that they may not even, I don't want to say didn't consider. Obviously, they considered all of them. He's got the mobility, so I think they probably like that. But in this spot, with all the athleticism and upside, everything you want to say, I think they really like Trubisky to kind of get them through a year or two. I think you got to give them Malik Willis here. You absolutely have to. I think. I mean, there's other ways they can go, but I think they really like this kid. The mobility is a big thing throughout the year. I mean, this is before drafts, during the season. Tomlin, just at, at many press conferences, just kept talking about mobility at quarterback and just the way they want to play. So I'm going to go with Malik Willis here, and I don't know that it could have worked out much better for the Steelers. No, it's a great pick. I'm applauding you here. Might as well just take it. I know that the Steelers have been on the road scouting every quarterback out there. And definitely, I mean, Malik Willis has to be the pick over Kenny Pickett. Just based on his age, based on his arm strength, based on the way the NFL is is moving in. I mean, athleticism, running ability. And I think the Steelers will definitely take Willis over Kenny Pickett on draft day if it falls to them like this. All right, the Patriots are 21. I have no idea what Bill is thinking here. I might as well just throw a dart 
I have no idea. He usually values like offensive linemen that can play multiple positions, but that's not his forte to take one in the first round, even though he has in some drafts. He also likes like versatile, you know, secondary guys. They need a corner, but I've heard that Andrew Booth has some injury history. I think like N'Kobe Dean would be a good pick out of Georgia just because I don't think they have enough linebackers on the roster and he would just be... He would be a monster for the Patriots. I had Lloyd or Dean in this pick, for sure. Like, I'm thinking Booth because they need a corner, but I also think that the Patriots are smart enough to find a corner back in the middle rounds or maybe even on the undrafted free agent wire, like with J.C. Jackson, where they had success. I'm not sure he's a first-round pick, like, based on what I've heard, but to me, Kobe Dean is a first-round guy. So I think the New England Patriots are going to go with Dean, a linebacker out of Georgia, and we've already had a lot of players out of Georgia go in the first round. I'll have New England taking another one here, another Georgia Bulldog. All right, Nicobe Dean in ink. All right, gang, we have reached pick number 22, the Green Bay Packers. We talked about it a little bit earlier. They haven't selected a first-round wide receiver since 2002. It's just not what we do. Every guy that they've had in the last 20 years, it seems like, that has had any success at all has been a second-round pick uh, or later. This is a tough one because there's plenty There's plenty of other positions of value out there. But I think maybe they do break ranks here again. I don't I'm protesting my own pick this time. So Alex has set precedent here. So I'm going to give him Traylon Burks. Big dude. Can use him in multiple ways. Everybody's looking for the next Debo. Well, Debo is available now, but you have to pay him, whatever, $20, $25 million a year for the next four years. Uh, you get Traylon Burks, maybe a Debo Jr. for about that much over a five-year period. So uh, maybe the Packers look at it that way. And they, they break their trend. And here we go, 2022, at the 22nd pick, wide receiver for the Packers, Traylon Burks. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is clapping this pick, by the way, somewhere. Uh, I'm sure he's praising you, Lou. I mean, there's no question about it. I don't think the Packers do this, but I know Aaron likes the pick. He's absolutely ecstatic here. So the Packers go wide receiver. They break their mold that they usually don't do 20 years if Traylon Burks would have fallen past the Packers I would have had him go to the Cardinals because the Cardinals like to pile up on those wide receivers sure the Cardinals have like two or three guys but they still Cardinals the the Cowboys they like their Arkansas boys in Dallas Um, hell Tennessee any of those teams all right you know why Kyler is pissed it's not only about the contract it's about that offensive line Lou. And it's about time that the Cardinals do not draft a wide receiver in the first round, but take an offensive lineman. And there are actually a few of them here, but I'm going to go with the guy that can play multiple positions, and you can figure out later where you can plug him. Because he could play tackle, he could play guard. Some people would say maybe he's not a first-round pick, but I beg to differ. I'm going to go with Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. And to me, I mean, he's a guy that has played multiple positions out here, and I think Kyler is going to be happy with that pick. All right, so Green, the first uh, interior offensive lineman to go in our mock draft. 
Alex and Lou on the clock. Uh, I don't think we got that trademarked yet, but uh, you know we'll put that in the uh, in the researchers' hands. Okay, so Dallas is sitting here, offensive line quietly. I mean, it seems like over the last few years they've kind of been living on their their reputation, whether it be injuries, retirement, so forth. I think offensive line is probably one way to go. You might think wide receiver. I don't. I think Burks was probably going to be their guy in the first round. You know, as far as the ones that would fall, and obviously the guys above him would have been in play as well. I don't know if they like anybody that's left on the board this much. And it looks to me as the value is in those interior line. I think I'm going to go with Zion Johnson here. Zion Johnson, BC. Can't go wrong with an offensive lineman from Boston College. I mean, those guys are tough, tough. But that's what the Cowboys like, and they got to get back to you know running game. Whether it's Zeke or you know whoever they have back there, they got to get back to running it a little bit more. They can't just put it in in Dak's hands. I mean, it, 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 he puts up a lot of numbers, but it doesn't win them a lot of games. So I think they got to get back to who they who they were. Uh, I don't know if they can. It might be a little bit different, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go offensive line there. Buffalo. At number 25, the Bills. This is an easy pick for me. The Bills have made a name for themselves in the secondary for the past few years under McDermott. So I think they need to go back to that well. They took Tredavious White a few years back here in the 20s. I'm going to give him Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. He's got good technique and he's a patient corner. A good fit for Buffalo. All right. So, and again, it seems like a, a really popular pick there has been Brees Hall among media pundits. I mean, I, obviously, I don't don't have the inside track with these uh, with these GMs or scouts, but I think that's been kind of a, a popular pick there that they would go to a first round running back because they appear to be whatever set at just about every every other position. That you know set in a manner of speaking, the way things are now. You're not going to be, you know, top of the market at every position. So, yeah, Booth makes a lot of sense there. They've lost some secondary guys. I think McDuffie's sitting there. I mean, I, I like him a lot. Um, I don't know if Tennessee is looking corner right now. Again, they could be, you know, to me, offensive line, perhaps wide receiver. But, again, we're looking at couple of guys left out there. I, McDuffie just seems, to me, there's there's too much value there. I mean, I had him like mid, in the middle of the round. They're getting him late. I'm going to go with McDuffie, the corner from Washington. So they double dip. Huh? Last year, they went with Caleb Farley here in the first round. You can't have enough corners. AF, look at the AFC. It's an arms race. Let's go. The Bucks at number 27. This is kind of interesting. Because they also are a team that I believe are looking at offensive line, like offensive guard. But we've already taken a few of them. Kenyon Green. We've taken Zion Johnson off the board. I think D-line would have been a good pick here. I think a tight end also makes a lot of sense. It does. Just, you know, Tom Brady is going to be pushing for another weapon out there. All right, I'm going to go with... Just based on the fact that I don't see any offensive linemen or D linemen that I believe are worthy of a 27th overall pick, because to me it would be a reach. So I wouldn't have a problem making this pick here. We've had him on Pros Like Us podcast, 
So I'm going to go with the tight end out of Colorado State, Trey McBride here. All right. Now that's a knuckleball. Curveball's one thing, but this is a knuckler. No one saw this one coming. Not in the first round. Excellent. Uh, he was on the Today Show, or at least they did a story on he and his family on the Today Show. He was on uh, Path to the Draft. He got that pros like us bump into the media, and there you go. He's a big star now. That's our guy, Trey. Okay. So the Packers back on the clock, so now they can get back to some normalcy. They, they drafted their wide receiver, made their quarterback happy. Where do you go now if you're the Packers? Still, you know, there's some value there at, at safety. Do you go offensive line with them? Is Tyler Smith really somebody you can fit in here? Uh, do they double down and take a, a second wide receiver? <laughs> do we really get nuts? No, not going to happen. Are you looking edge? Some value there. I'm stumped here. I don't. I. I, I really am. What do you think in corner wise? You think that would be a place they would look? Safety. What do you think? Yeah, I think corner is something that they might be looking at here. Had a lot of success with Jair Alexander, you know, who they drafted a few years back. But I think they need some more help. Didn't they take there. a Didn't they take a corner from Clemson? Was it last year or the year before? They took a corner out of Georgia last year in the first round. Okay. All right. Yeah, they did. Where are we going here, Pack? This, to me, would be like the ultimate Packers pick. Let's do it. Linderbaum, center from Iowa. Oh, you stole him from me. I was hoping he was going to go a few picks later. Honestly, I mean, I, I knew the Chiefs weren't taking him. I mean, you just like you stole him, Lou. I mean, that's one of my favorite picks. Like in this, this is a draft. this is a this is a Packer pick all the way. Uh, they lost. Yeah, obviously, Lindsley went to went to the Chargers. So we'll see. I don't know. They talk about short arms and whatever. You know, he can only play in certain schemes. Bullshit. He was an Iowa lineman, as you were talking about BC lineman. I don't think you can go wrong with an Iowa lineman either. This is a Packer pick for sure. All right. The Chiefs are on the clock at number 29, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this pick. Obviously, you you would have the 30th pick out here, so I'll start the trend, and then you can continue based on uh, you know what I pick. I think I'll leave a wide receiver to you, Lou. I'm not going to go wide receiver here, even though I think there are some guys that might be worthy of a pick. I think they need to go secondary. I, I've said this on last week's show when we talked about the Chiefs and the 49ers out there. And I think, you know, safety is a possibility. Maybe cornerback, but I think safety is more in play here. So I'm going to go with the guy that you talked about a long time ago, actually. You were thinking to draft him for the Saints, but you chose against it. So I'm going to go here with the Chiefs. I think they like his athleticism. They like the fact that he's versatile and he can play nickel. He can play safety. He tested really well. I'm going to go with the Michigan Wolverine here, safety Daxton Hill. Love the pick. Absolutely love the pick. Love the player. Uh, maybe I let him pass just hoping he would fall down to, the, down to 29 and 30. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I think he's he's just, you know, the way they play in the secondary, everybody kind of does different things. And everybody d does multiple things, I should say. You know, Badger's gone. They bring in Reed from Houston, so that takes care of one spot. But but again, like I'm saying, Daxton Hill comes in. I think immediately, at very least, he comes in. He's your starting nickel. 
Uh, they can kind of move Jarius Sneed around. He can kind of he can play many different positions, but they'll probably keep him on the outside because they don't have many outside guys. Maybe Fenton can play that other position. Maybe when Bradbury finally gets released, or you know, the Giants take uh, a good portion of his uh, salary and pay it. Then the Chiefs will make that trade. Well, maybe that happens, you know, on day three or four of the draft. But uh, but anyway, yeah, love Daxton Hill. Here we go. And it's just going to come down to what you want. I mean, obviously, right now, the biggest value on what I have left is Karloftis from Purdue as an edge rusher, which they are in desperate need. I think as far as in their minds... You know, wide receiver is a need, but it's but it's more of a luxury pick, I think, in the first round, unless somehow they were able to to get up to that thirteenth pick and get one of the top guys, whether that be Jamison Williams or if Garrett Wilson were to happen to fall to that pick. But if that doesn't happen, I think they'll stick and pick, maybe even drop back if one of these teams comes up and wants to take Pickett or in this case, or Howell, or Ritter, you know, somebody coming back in from the from the second round trying to get that fifth-year option. But again, since we're sitting here, Dotson would be would be great toy to have, and maybe he would be the Deshaun Jackson that uh, Reed had in Philadelphia, but I'm going to go edge here. I'm going to go with the Greek freak, second edition, Karloftis Purdue. Okay, I mean, it makes sense in terms of the need, and I think they can address the wide receiver position in the second round. I think that there will be uh, plenty of guys there. The Bengals. I think the Bengals would have been happy to take a tight end. They would have been extremely happy to if Linderbaum fell to them, but he went to the Packers at, at 28. So I'm just looking at like the best available player, and to me it's a corner out of Washington, another corner out of Washington, because McDuffie already went earlier. So I'm going to go with Kyler Gordon, who played for the for the Washington Huskies. He goes here at number 31 to the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, very good. Well, I think this one, again, it just kind of falls right into Detroit's lap. Not a lot of thinking here from my perspective now i'm sure you know they may have completely other thoughts but i got to believe at this point sitting there at 32 no one's traded up uh kenny pickett falls in their lap got to have that developmental guy behind jared goff maybe they get out of that contract after this season if they don't like the way things are going but it gives them you know some security there insurance if they have to move on from Jared Goff. So, yeah, Kenny Pickett to Detroit at number 32. I'm surprised he actually lasted this long in our exercise for this mock draft that he went 32 overall. I don't think it happens, like, in, in the real draft when it happens, but I'm surprised that he went 32. I'm not high on Kenny Pickett. I wouldn't have had a problem if he dropped out of the first round because you talk about developmental quarterback, he's going to be 25, Lou, when the season opens up. All right, I think he's older than Jared Goff already. I'm kidding, of course. But close. I mean, he's, he's close. <laughs> they're they're closer in age than you would think. That's I what hear I'm what saying. you I hear what you're saying, but again, it's like it is the 32nd pick. Yeah, you may have some other needs and so forth, but again, you're not overspending. The way the market is going, you know, you're at 
40, 45, 50 million dollars for for quarterbacks and that's at the top of the market. So like a mid-level quarterback is getting paid 30 million dollars a year. Well, you've got a few years with a guy that might be a mid-level quarterback, you're not going to be at the top for a few years while you're building your team and then maybe they make a splash in a few years and uh, you know get somebody that they believe is going to be a franchise quarterback but uh, the, the way of the world you got to think of the money the the fifth year option and I think in actuality if the first quarterback goes at 19 I think that's where you're going to see the action from the teams looking for quarterbacks jumping back into the first round to get ahead of Detroit to maybe try to get ahead of the Steelers or you know other teams that is the perception is they may be looking for a quarterback. So I want to state for a fact I'm not a fan of Kenny Pickett at all. I don't think he's a yeah, starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. I don't think he's going to displace Jared Goff. I think he's going to be a backup quarterback, a number three, and that's where he's going to settle in in a couple of years. But I hear you. I mean the value at number thirty-two. They have to address that position, and hopefully you can compete with Goff. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Quite frankly, I mean, it could be Howell, it could be Ritter, any any one of them, whichever one that they feel most comfortable with. But he was, you know, I had him higher up, so, you know, I grabbed him. So let, let's take a look. I mean, a lot of edge, a lot of offensive line, which, of course, is what this 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 draft is kind of rich in. Uh, the corners, obviously. Uh, some inside defensive linemen. There's still a couple of good ones out there. Travis Jones from UConn, Logan Hall, uh, I believe from Houston, Winfrey from Oklahoma, but those are, are mo- more so going to be second-round guys. A couple of edge rushers that could sneak into the first round. Boy, Mafe from Minnesota, another uh, Big Ten guy, Abikate from Penn State, some other guys like Quay Walker, linebacker from Georgia, Eh, maybe not so much, but you know, top of the second round look for him. Uh, Kyler Gordon went in our back. Uh, Elam from Florida, perhaps. Uh, McCreary from Auburn. Some of the safeties seen from Georgia. Petrie from Baylor. Brisker from Penn State. JT Woods also from Baylor. So you got some safety value coming up at the top of the second. Tyler Smith, Bernard Raymond, uh, Petit Frere from Ohio State as far as offensive tackles go. The top of the second inside lineman Cam Jurgens, Cole Strange, perhaps uh, the tight ends. You know, again, I, I think there's different flavors here. Dulcich from from UCLA, perhaps Jelani Woods getting a lot of hype here uh, during the during the process. Jahan Dotson still sitting there. I thought he probably would have gone in the first round. The Chiefs probably looked long and hard at him. Sky Moore, uh, Christian Watson, George Pickens, Mechie, our boy Alec Pierce. You know, those guys all appear to be second to third round picks. No running backs. You surprised by that? I thought Brees Hall maybe at the bottom of the round. A couple of years ago, Jonathan Taylor went in the second round, and we all know that he's one of the best running backs in football right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if Brees Hall turns out to be one of the better running backs in a couple of years, but he's still going to be taken in the second round. And there are plenty of teams that are in, in desperate need of a running back. I mean, the Jets are in desperate need for a running back, and that would be like a perfect landing spot for him. So who would you say is the the biggest surprise that didn't go in our mock? To me, it's Jahan Dotson, just because when I was mocking everything, I thought he would go like late first. 
we had five wide receivers that went right in our first round Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, and Drake London. I thought Dotson would have been the sixth. Yeah, so we had like five receivers, uh, four tackles. Five corners, a couple linebackers, what, one, two, three, four, five edge rushers, a couple of defensive tackles, three quarterbacks ended up. It was probably about about right. Yeah, so anyway, I think uh, I think we crushed it, man. Read them and weep. Go make, get your, place your wagers now. Let's see how many we get them right to the actual team. And oh, absolutely, go we're going to track that. I think that would be interesting. <laughs> the over and under, Lou, are we going to get... 3.5 picks in this first round, over or under, to the actual team? Oh, for us, to the actual team. I'm going to go with over. I think we'll get at least four of them. Okay, fair and enough. That seems like a, that seems like a low bar, but uh, it is a, a pretty, you know, beauty in the eye of the beholder. The more you hear people talk and so forth, the, the grades are kind of varying among teams and among the media types, if you would, that uh, fancy themselves as draft experts. So you got to believe the teams, you know, always are going to be much different than those guys, just because of the way they run. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting just to see how these things fall. But, again, I guess the, one of the bigger stories is going to be that if the Panthers do take Evan Neal or someone other than a quarterback at number six, does then the Baker Mayfield uh, market start to heat up a little bit and maybe they make that move just to kind of get them over the top where now you've got two uh, fifth-year quarterbacks from the same draft on the same team you mean two losers battling it out that's a lot of guarantee the 50-year options sitting there to to pay but i i gotta believe they would uh the browns would have to pick up a a significant portion of baker's 19 million or whatever it is and uh then a deal would be made yeah should should be interesting to see if, if debo gets traded here today or tomorrow and then obviously if the Jets make that move in the 10th pick, then perhaps you've got San Francisco taking Drake London at that point. But uh, just because you're the San Francisco homer, even though you had the odds, who do you think San Francisco takes with the 10th pick if that's what they get? Like the way our draft fell at number 10? Sure. Well, let's, who, let's go with who that. Do you, who the, do you want? Who would you take? Sure. It's a great question you ask out here, honestly. I think I would take a guy based on what I know about Kyle Shanahan. Since If I'm losing Debo, Lou, I'm taking a guy that can, can create yards after the catch. Drake London is more of a physical wide receiver, and he can drag people. But the 49ers need somebody who can run away from cornerbacks, from secondary. So I'm going to go Jamison Williams. I think that would be the wide receiver that they would value just because he's got the speed. And he can create a lot of yards after the catch. All right. Okay, gang, that is going to do it for On the Clock with Alex and Lou, or the pick is in. We'll see what uh, which show name Alex picks, but that's what we got. So, uh, like I said, read them and weep. You may not even have to watch the first round. It's right here, gang. So we'll be with you as the draft continues, and we'll be talking about the picks afterwards. But uh, for Alex... I'm Lou. Don't forget to subscribe. Yes. Till next time. Peace.